my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the waters of rest. He Good morning, this is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Christian Survival Radio. It's the uh, 11th day of April 2019. We're broadcasting you today from North Central, West Virginia. Going today into Chapter 4 of the Book of Ephesians, talking about the walk of the Christian. Before we do this, ask God to bless His Word. Father, we ask you, Lord, to bless your Word, send it forth, and Lord, you said it won't come back void. It'll do that what you sent it to do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The walk of the Christian. How do we carry ourselves before the world? Do we have a responsibility to portray our testimony as though we are saved, born again, blood-bought? The Bible says we are the representative of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are his bond servants. We are to go forth and portray who he is and what he is, preaching this glorious gospel that men and women, boys and girls might be saved in these last days. Now, the book of Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 talks about the wealth, the provision made by our Lord. Uh, he paid the price on the cross. He established the way and being the way. He came to this world to die. The man that knew no sin became sin, the Bible declares. He uh, satisfied the wrath of the thrice holy God. And giving me and you position. Now, we've talked about in the book of Ephesians the heavenly way, or how we mean you had set in heavenly places. Now, we're not in heaven yet. We're still on the earth. We still are occupying until he comes. So, but we have a responsibility. And this responsibility is always to project Christ and walk out our testimony. Because, for have said many times, sometimes we are the only Bible that people will read. So we are to be, people don't like this word, Examples. Examples of what? Examples of the love of Christ. Paul said, if I speak in tongues more than you all, if I operate in the gifts more than you all, he said, I have not charity or love. He said, then it's all but a tinkling symbol. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we are to project the love of Christ. We are to show the love of Christ. We are to be as Christ. Of course, we're never Him, but we are to be His disciples. We are to be an example of who He is and what He is. And that's going to be done through the Holy Spirit, through the, what we're going to talk about, the unity of the Spirit, being 
uh, one with the Holy Ghost, which the Holy Ghost helps us and guides us and leads us and teaches us and, and all the righteousness and truth of God Almighty and His Son. So we talked in chapters 1, 2, 3, the wealth, the provision made by God through His Son, Christ. And today we're going to talk about how to walk it out, how to project ourselves as Christians. We're going to try to get through the first six verses, the, the conduct, the earthly walk of the Christian. Now, as I said before, the Bible declares we must occupy until he comes. Now, occupation is a military term. It means hold ground. It means we don't back off. Paul said, leaving those things that are behind, going forward and pressing toward the high mark of the high calling. As Joshua stood before Jericho, we know that it was God. He said, wherever you put the heel of your foot, I will bless you. It was God that gave Joshua the possession, but it was Joshua's obedience and his walk that allowed it to happen. So the provision has been made. The Bible declares that Jesus Christ died once and went behind the veil and put his blood on the mercy seat. So the way of salvation has been purchased. Bible declares that the blood of bulls and goats and things of this nature cannot redeem man. They were just types and fashions of of the of as, as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God, the only Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We need a Savior. We need we need somebody to eradicate our sin, because all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. So Paul is speaking today of how. The same of God, how the Christian should walk. He says in verse 1, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. So this is the, the exhibition of the new man. Once again, nothing we do on ourselves. It's our response to God. It's our, how we act upon what Jesus done for us. And he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. This is what we as believers are to do. We are to walk worthy of our calling, our vocation. Because when we, when we accept Christ, and this is a hard concept, when we accept Christ, it's no longer about us anymore. I know I've, I've uh, watched people down through the year when they get married and have children. And I've told them, and other people have told them too, that it's not about you anymore. It's about, it's about your kids. It's about you doing whatever needs to be done that, that those kids can be raised the right way and that you provide for them. See? Paul said, it's not me that walks, but it's Christ who walks in me. It's not me that lives, but it's Christ who lives through me. So when he say he's a prisoner, and several other salutations, he'll say, I'm a bond servant. I'm a servant of the Lord. The, the doulos, I'm a voluntary servant. I, I need to strive to walk worthy in my calling. So did Paul struggle? Of course he struggled. Remember, he sought God three times because he had thrown him to flesh. God said, my grace is sufficient. He said, I believe in Romans chapter 6, he said, he said the things I uh, want to do, maybe it's chapter 7, things I want to do, I don't do. 
the things I don't want to do, I do. He said, I'm in a quandary here. He said, but but it's Christ that gives me strength. It's grace and mercy and love. So we are to walk worthy of what Jesus did. We are to project what Jesus did. We are to point to what Jesus did. He said, if I be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men unto me. Always uplifting the name of Jesus, the name above all names. No other name in the earth or in heaven or anywhere else can a man be saved except it be through the name of Jesus Christ. Do you believe today that God is almighty, that there's no other gods? Now, men have fabricated them down through the years, and demon spirits have duplicated them and counterfeited them, but there's no other, there's no other God except the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob the God of Israel, the Almighty, the Elohim, no other God. So we are to walk worthy of the gift that Jesus Christ gave us. Always walking in the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because when he died, we died. When he was resurrected, we resurrected. Always growing in grace and knowledge. Bible tells us. That word vocation there, of course, means calling. It means we are called to a vocation, to a certain calling. Callings are different. In this particular chapter, we're going to talk about the five-fold ministry. Second Timothy 1a says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. So Paul said there's some afflictions. There's some uh, uh, adversity serving God. But we are not to complain and gripe and moan. For when we are weak, he is strong. And once again, it's all about him. People cry for revival in the world and in America today. When the church of Jesus Christ makes him the center once again, when it becomes all about him, not about men, not about their exploits, not about this ministry and that ministry and this worship team and that worship team or this group or that or this group, it's about Jesus Christ. All these things are to come together in a nucleus that we might raise up Christ that he might draw or will draw men unto himself. That's what's needed today. We need a drawing. And the example is the church. The example is the church. Once again, we can't do this by ourselves. We can't walk by ourselves. The song says, I can't even walk without him holding my hand. Okay, verse 2 tells us, With all lowliness, with all lowliness, with all um, um, meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. In other words, operating in patience. In patience. That word lowliness there, of course, means to walk in, in humiliation or humbleness. To be modest. To not always take the high seat. To humble ourselves. We 
had a broadcast here a week or so ago, how the Word of God says that we need to humble ourselves before God, and in due time He will be exalted. Not always trying to be the center of attention, backing off and being behind the scenes, operating. Because it's not, the reward is not given to you according to what how man sees you. It's how God sees you. What's your, what's your motive? You know, search your heart. Let the Holy Ghost search your heart to see what your motive is. Why are you doing what you do? In other words, are you in ministry for the right reason? Is it about Jesus Christ or is it about building a ministry? One plants, one waters, but God brings forth the increase. He says in meekness or gentleness, once again, implicating humility. And in long-suffering, long-suffering, forbearance, patience with fortitude. For a man puts his hand on the plow and looks back, he's not worthy of the kingdom of God. Pressed towards the high mark of the high calling, which is in Christ. He's not giving up every day. Not, not, not regressing, but always progressing in the Spirit of God. Forbearing. Forbearing, to bear, to endure. In other words, what we need to put up with. <laughs> People say, I don't know how much longer I can put up with this. Well, you need to learn through the Holy Ghost who give you strength to put up with. The Bible says, be slow to speak, be slow to anger. Come on. In other words, it's not always convenient to speak your mind. That's just the way I am. I speak my mind. Well, it's not always convenient. It's not always profitable. It's not always fruitful. Speak your mind. Sometimes we need to be still. Yeah. We need to realize this power of life and death in the tongue. And when we speak words, they're constantly going to have an effect. And sometimes a domino effect. Sometimes disrupting and destroying and tearing down. Always let your words uplift. Always be one to encourage. And we do this with lowness, with meekness, with loneliness, with meekness, with long-suffering, with forbearing one another in love, charity, agape. Paul said, though I operate and speak in tongues and do all these spiritual things, if I don't have love, it's but a tinkling symbol. What he said in, in his word. So, all these things are works of the Spirit and cannot be done by ourselves. Colossians 3.12 says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering. Put it on. In other words, let the Holy Ghost help you to put it on because we can't do this by ourselves. In, in 1 Corinthians 13.1, Scripture I gave reference to, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I have become as a sounding brass, as a tinkling cymbal. My son quoted a quote to his former pastor. He was under for a long time, him being a youth pastor, said, people don't care how much you know until they, they know how much you care. Do we project love today? And I'm not do we project love to the sinner? Do we project love to the outcast, to the one that's struggling? Listen, I've been, in, I've been in the church for years, 
And I've seen judgmental people. Well, they made their bed, let them, let them uh, lay in it, so to speak. Well, what you sow is what you reap. That's very true. That's a spiritual law. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall that man also reap. But we are here to help people when they fall. I heard a man say one time, I can't remember who it was. He said, the only time you should ever look down at any individuals when you're, when, is when you're looking down to help them off the ground or help them out of their situation. And we don't need to condescend. And we don't we, we don't need to uh, uh, judge. Matter of fact, Romans says if you judge, you'll be judged with the same judgment. Verse three: Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. In other words, endeavoring. What that means? That means to to uh, 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 work towards it. Endeavoring means to make an effort to uh, labor. Bible calls it a labor of love to keep the unity, to keep the unity of the spirit or the oneness of the spirit, continuity within the church. And then once again, this is only through obedience and giving over to the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes we want to get in the flesh. And every time the flesh gets involved, there's problems. Something gets disrupted. Somebody gets hurt. Something gets messed up. When we walk in the flesh. Then he says in the bond. Of peace. Or. Uh, a joint tie. A. Belief system that we agree upon. Of course that belief system is Jesus Christ and him crucified. He is the gospel. He is the good news. He is the, the nucleus. He is the one to be lifted up. He is the one to be pointed to. Not a church, not a denomination, not a preacher, but Jesus Christ and Him only. Unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Peace, peace, peace. That peace means prosperity. It means uh, a, a, a quietness. How many people today need this peace? A lot of them. You can see by the chaos in the world, what's going on. The, the news headlines that you read that the world is not living in peace, but simply in chaos. We are to strive towards this. Once again, we can't do this by ourselves. Unity only, only comes through our belief in the finished work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and believing in a, uh, a joint body and, and talking and doing the same way. In other words, he is the sinner. Now, you know, we, you know, we can get lost in uh, a lot of doctrine, so to speak. The Bible says, you know, don't give in to the slave of men. But if we preach Christ and we preach him crucified, we're going in the right direction. But the Bible says if you don't preach him crucified, you preach another Jesus. And Paul said, from such things, turn away. Endeavoring to keep the union of the Spirit in the bond of peace, the psalmist wrote in Psalms 51:11, "Cast me not away from Thy presence, that take not Thy Holy Spirit from me." Acts 2:4 says, "And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance." This is the Spirit, the falling thereof, how the Spirit needs to intertwine in the body of Christ, and and how we need to once again yield completely to the Holy Ghost. Well, how do we know it's the Holy Ghost? Because he does all things in decency and in order. And he'll always, he'll always speak of Jesus Christ, and he'll never deviate from the word. Romans 8, 9 says, but ye are not in the flesh, listen, but in the spirit. 
If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Verse 4. He goes on to show the oneness. There is one body, one body, one church, one church, one church, one church. One Spirit, one Holy Ghost. Even as you are called into one hope of your calling. And all things come from Christ. All good things about us come down from the Father of lights. Jesus said in John 16, 13 through 14, How be it he that the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you to all truth, and he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. This is the office of the paraclete the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one that comes alongside, the strengthener, the comforter, the guide, the teacher, operates under the guidance of the finished work of Jesus Christ and faith therein. Romans 12, 4-5. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, this is how the church is set up, which we're going to learn about the fivefold ministry in this chapter. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Although we have different jobs and different ways to go and different things we do, we're still one body, according to the Word of God. First Corinthians 10 17. For we, being many, are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of one bread. The Bible says a three-stranded core cannot be broken. So how important is it that there be unity amongst the believers? Bible declares a house divided will not stand. And then Jesus gave that gave that that example when they called him Beelzebub and said, You're casting out demons of Beelzebub. He said he said, Satan's not divided, for a house divided will stand. Verse five. One Lord, he goes on to explain the oneness here. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. That's oneness in the Spirit. It's oneness in the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three separate persons in one. Operating as one. Never deviating as one. In the beginning, Elohim. Not El. In the beginning, Elohim. The plurality of the Godhead. First Corinthians 8, 6 says, But to us there is but one God. The Father of whom we all are all things, and we in him. Listen, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by him are all things, and we by him. See, Jesus was in the beginning. The Holy Ghost was in the beginning, and the Spirit of God hovered or brooded over the waters, as recorded in Genesis. Romans 6, 3-5, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. The oneness. All things come from him. Christ is the head of the church. We are to respond to the wealth, as we talked about in chapters 1, 2, 3 in the book of Ephesians. Respond to God on what he did. And what he did was gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe him should not 
perish. Okay, verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. One God. There again, showing the unity of the faith, the unity of the Spirit. And we are to walk in that unity. We are unified with the Spirit. If we're unified with the Spirit, then those who follow the Spirit will be unified in the Spirit in the church. See? On this rock I shall build my church in the gates of hell when I prevail against that which I have bought or I have purchased with my own blood. For I have a church without spot nor wrinkle or ecclesia of the called out ones, the separate ones. We are responding to the grace and mercy given to us by God through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit, the representative on earth, the ambassador for Jesus Christ, speaks of him and speaks of him only. If the Spirit's pointing towards a man, that Spirit's not of God. That Spirit is anti-Christ. The Bible says that. That the Spirit of Antichrist dwells and operates in the world today. Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things are Lord unto me of my Father. Listen, this is Christ speaking. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. How is Jesus Christ revealed? For the Spirit speaks expressly unto the church by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. We are sealed, the Bible declares, with the Holy Ghost of promise. So when we come into our worship services, we invite the one and only Holy Spirit. Because there's only one. A lot of spirit, but they're not all holy. A lot of ghosts, but they're not all holy. <clears throat> so we are to walk in the unity of the faith. And he'll give us grace to do such. That we might be the called out ones of the church, that we might operate according to what the Bible says, we should op- how we should operate, what we should be doing, and what we should be doing is preaching the gospel and fulfilling the great commission. Go into all the world and preach you the gospel to every nation, every kindred, every tongue. Not everyone will receive. There's a great battle against the gospel today. As a matter of fact, there's just a plain meanness against the gospel. But Jesus said it would be that way. For you shall be hated for my name's sake. In this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So this exhorts us today with how we're to walk. This is this is what we need to strive for. This is a goal. This is what we need to press into is forgetting about ourselves. That's hard. Putting ourselves on the back burner and letting the uh, the plan of God be foremost in our lives. Preaching Jesus Christ, preaching Him crucified, telling those that are lost and undone or in bondage today that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes into the Father except it be through Him. We need to spend time in our personal prayer calls asking God to help us to be in the unity of the Spirit. Lord, let my priorities go below and let yours rise up. What do you want? Nothing wrong to dream and have goals, but our goal should be to satisfy 
What were they called to do? Walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called. And your walk is being watched. Hmm. Your walk is being watched. You know, we claim to be Christians, so we should walk as Christians. I'm not saying it's easy, but by the help and the grace and the mercy of God, through the strength that's provided by the Holy Spirit, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Then He helps us. He strengthens us, where He is a present help in the time of trouble. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, I would encourage you today to accept Him into your heart and your life. You don't have to say a long prayer. The Bible says, confess you with your mouth and believe in your heart that God the Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead through the quickening spirit of the Holy Ghost, that he's alive today, sitting by the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me and you, being our advocate. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart unto salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. By his stripes you're healed, you chastise for your peace of mind and bruise for your iniquities. Call upon him and seek him while he may be found. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to expound your word, knowing today that there is truth in your word. That's the only truth that there is. Let every man be a liar, but let God be the truth. Lord, save souls today. Deal and draw and convict. Lord, we ask you, Lord, as we think of many today that's suffering in their bodies, I'm going to ask you to heal them in Jesus' name. Those chronic illnesses, Lord, to hang on to people. I'm going to ask you to break that power of their lives in the name of Jesus. You're a healer. I believe you heal today. I don't believe, Lord, the miracle stopped. I believe you're still working them today. And we ask you to do it in Jesus' name, we pray. Touch that troubled mind today that you were chastised for. Deliver us from our lawlessness, Lord, that you were bruised for. We all need you today. But I ask you, Lord, bring back that prodigal today, Lord. Touch that life. Touch that one that's crying out today who can't find an answer. Let Somehow let the answer be revealed unto her that it's you that sets free and delivers. It's you that heals and makes all things new. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.